This is your host, Pete Moore, and I am pleased and humbled to announce the launch of my one and only book, Time to Win Again, 52 Takeaways from Playing and Watching Team Sports to Ensure Your Business Success. Those of you who know me personally and anyone who listens to Halo Talks for any length of time know that I am an avid sports fan and a big believer in the value of team sports. What I've seen over the past 25 years helping businesses grow, raising capital, being an entrepreneur myself, and coaching and mentoring executives in the sector, it's the lessons learned on the field perfectly apply to business. Entrepreneurs, executives, managers, you name it. Every company that's a strong company has got a good team. It's a quick read. There's awesome illustrations in there from our good friend, Mark, at Cruelty Free Cartoons. If you go to integritysq.com, enter your email address, and we will send you information on the book and the Entrepreneur's Survival Kit as well. Be great. Take names. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks, NYC, on location, Dallas, Texas, finally in person, my second meeting. We decided to tape it. I am here with Doug Katona, CEO, American Barbell, Southern California, Southern California boy like myself now, and uh, he's going to tell us about his uh, progression into the Halo sector and some of the awesome things you guys are doing at American Barbell. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's kind of nice to uh, be in Dallas with another SoCal guy. You got it. You know? We travel together now, man. We're like Southwest bandits. So you're liking it, though. You're liking SoCal. You were, it, you were in New I York. The I, I got the sunshine. I don't check what the weather is. You know, and I don't have to wear like a, you know, like a wind windbreaker or jackets or anything. Well, when we met yeah. in Manhattan for, um, it was late in the day, so we decided not to have a coffee, and, and you ordered chamomile tea. Yeah, because I, like, I was gearing up for my podcast. You know, I needed and, to get my uh, my my throat my cords ready yeah, for this. Yeah, and I was I was like, all right, I like this guy already. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah I don't know why I did cool. that. Don't I don't We're, put me you in like the afraid. chamomile. I don't want to be like the chamomile guy for you. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, I want to oh, be like the, you know, three cups of coffee. You know, hard charging. You are okay. Fine. You are, but you're okay. you're showing that, that balance. You know, in your okay. life, the, any any man that's not afraid to order chamomile at two p.m. is is cool. Right? I feel like balance is like um, more like exposure. I'm like exposing, you know, who I am deep down inside. I'm very sensitive, actually, so don't just be careful with me. <laughs> very gentle. You have to, um, you know, I had some issues, but we're working through them. So. Let's get back to what we were talking about, which oh, yeah. was nothing yet. <laughs> so your background in the industry is dot, 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 Mad Libs. So, you know. Remember that game? That was awesome. I just, I was just talking to the guy who really gave me my start, Robert Burns at Shape of Fitness. Center. Yep. I just, just ran into him minutes ago, just before this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, guy 67 looks amazing. And we first started, we mean, I came out of USC not really knowing what I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember... Uh, graduating and, and driving home and thinking, yeah, what do I want to do? I've been an athlete all my life, right? Um, and I've always done things kind of contrarian. I've always been a little bit against the grain. Um, when I was at USC, I studied exercise science and movement and mechanics. And because I was an athlete, I always had, I don't know, kind of an innate understanding of it. So um, I had no money. I graduated, came home to, to Mission Viejo and told my parents, um, I don't know what I want to do. I think, can I just crash on the couch for six months, right? Mm-hmm. 
and while I was doing that, I started, you know, poking around and figuring out what was going on and, and uh, found Robert Burns, Shape Up Fitness Center in Costa Mesa, California. And we, we started personal training in Newport Beach. Like, wow. we were the first. That's a good market to start personal training, I, I venture to guess. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought we didn't, you know, that was, that was uh, one of the few things we did in the beginning that, were, that was good. And then, and then I remember playing, you know, janitor, front desk guy, aerobic instructor, all that. But um, Doesn't it, that, like, teach you, like, everything, though, like, when you start from that level and just, like, be able to see things yeah man it's being um i still i'm blessed every day i show so much gratitude every day that i had that start because it does give me the context right and, yeah. and, and you know from there um long story short is i i kind of was i always say fitness chose me i didn't choose it uh-huh. because i kind of just gravitated into being you know a, a coach a leader inspiring people building teams and we had a couple of gyms in SoCal, and um, I wanted to continually be challenged and uh, went to work uh, for CrossFit HQ, um, teaching running mechanics. Okay. Um, I was also working for Lee Steinberg and Warren Moon. So the original Jerry Maguire. Remember Jerry Maguire? Of course. Yeah. So yep. that's what I worked for for a while as an athletic training consultant and um, did really well with that. Started lecturing a lot, all the idea conferences, authoring, presenting and just develop kind of a little bit of a reputation um, for teaching Olympic lifting and mechanics. And at the same time, I was an athlete still. I was, I was competing as a Category 2 cyclist. Oh, wow. But I was riding half the amount of miles everybody else was, and I would train in the afternoon, right? Strength training, deadlifting, squatting, mm. pressing. And everybody's like, you can't do that as a cyclist, right? It's helping me recover. It's making me stronger. And I had a great career for 10 years, won two state championships. So that got me thinking. Right, they got me thinking about there's there's more out there to talk about in the fitness industry. So long story short is, CEO for World Gym International after that developed something called World Gym Athletics that was very successful, mm-hmm. and it had always admired what Phil Patty had done at American Barbell, and he and I just started talking. And when COVID hit, I thought it was the right time to pivot, uh, become a partner in the company, and you know we're just we're stoked on what's happening. But honestly, now um, I kind of want to give back and leave some legacy in the industry. I think the le- I think the industry is ready for some leadership. Yep, agreed. Um, so, so let's talk about American Barbell because the thing that I find really intriguing is because I started back at Gold's Gym, and I've seen kind of the progression of like studio concepts and everything's kind of come back around to hey, I want a barbell, I want to do Olympic squats. You know, I think it's like the most selfied thing in the in the gym is when people do an Olympic squats and. Um, you know, you talk to anybody and they're like, look, you could walk, you could run on a treadmill, but like, if you want to, you know, change your body, you got to, you got to lift. <laughs> like, there's really no way around it. I, uh, again, little contrarian, but I've always said, you know, the only way to get strong is to train hard, move fast. You got to lift load. You got to move load. You got to move quick, right? I think yeah. one of the biggest problems that the industry faces is not addressing or acknowledging or not being bold enough to say that intensity and lifting heavy weight fast works. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important uh, point to drive home. And the barbell, I mean, I, I love the fact when I, I was had a, a dinner with Les Weehy the other night, one of the original Stairmaster guys, we were talking about the old uh, equipment, the, the cross aerobics machine. Some of you that are listening may remember that and probably you're, you're laughing right now and scratching your head. How does he remember that one? But the barbell probably is the most functional piece of equipment you could own. And, right. I, and I'm not saying that because it's American barbell. I'm saying you can squat, press, 
deadlift. There are so many, and, and you're working the major muscle groups that you should be working, mm-hmm. and it's scalable. You can add load to it. So if you're going in the gym lifting the same amount of weight the same way all the time, you're putting off the inevitable. You're not going to be able to continue to progress, mm-hmm. right? So that's why, in my opinion, uh, my experienced opinion is, yeah, the barbell is the most functional piece. Of, and if you're going to have one, you might as well, you know, um, get a nice one. Yeah. So uh, on that point, um, there's a lot of products that you would deem in the world, you know, oh, that's a commodity, right? And you'd say, okay, the simplicity of the barbell is effectively, you know, when you view it, you say, okay, that's, you know, I can get that into several different places. As an analogy, there was, you know, yoga mats, you can get those anywhere, but then there was a guy who started up this company, you know, called Manduka, who's a friend of mine, and that became like the Maserati Mm. of like the, the yoga mat industry. So as you think about, American barbell and and buying the best one. How do you articulate that price to value proposition? And you know, how do you kind of zone in on the 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 results that you get from that? It's a tool, uh-huh. and or a weapon. It's both. Yeah. Um, it's also a dangerous piece of equipment, like anything else. But look, if you're going to buy something that, and and again, it's. I say that we're a Ferrari at a BMW price. We're not entry level. We're not gonna build a cheap barbell. Keep in mind, we're one of the few that actually make our own stuff. Mm -hmm. So our barbells are assembled by hand in Las Vegas. So not too many people can say that. And they're assembled by hand. In fact, when you get a barbell that's built by us, Whoever builds that barbell, they put a little tag on the barbell, built by. Oh, sweet. I built like by that. Mikey Alvarado, who's our bar manager. Built Shout by, out to Mikey. Yeah. I mean, and Mikey's amazing. So um, we take great pride in that, right? The the materials are the finest, you know, U.S. steel, some of the finest materials. We harvest that stuff from specific. Our founder, Phil Patty, is magical at that. Do you feel, you know, obviously there was this 30-year trend to like outsource everything, right? Like companies are saying like my earnings per share, here's like my cost of goods sold, my gross margin, everyone's focused on that. And then they realize, fuck dude, I gotta get this into a port, I gotta get it into a distribution center. I don't know who built this thing. I have no idea what they put in it. Um, And that kind of came home to roost over the last 18 months, whether it's the PPE or whether it's just the, the jammed up supply chains right now. So we're gonna make more things in America. We're gonna build more things in America. Are people willing to pay for more things in America? Not always. It depends. I think it depends on the product. Now, keep in mind, we do make some things in China. The difference is we own our own factory in China. They were trained by us. The material has the, Mikey been there? No, you know, I we got to send him out. There. I got to take Mikey. Mikey, there. He'd really one enjoy way it. ticket to Shenzhen. <laughs> he would. He would really enjoy that. So, you know, we're unique in the fact that we do have our own factory, meaning we don't make for other people in our factory. Yeah, I got you. So it, it that's a little bit different. And, and here's the thing. China does make some good product, okay? Um, people that say, oh, we gotta bring everything back to America. It's gotta be US made. I'm like, what kind of car are you driving? Who made the clothes on your back? Yeah, exactly. How about that phone you got in your hand, right? So I, I think- Are you questioning me? Oh, you're saying in general, not me. Oh, you Okay, you okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, China? China, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so that's my, my belief there. It's just that, again, you have to care about that. So, right. so yeah. It's about, I mean, it's an interesting balancing act because you got all these, this narrative of like, made in America, buy in America. And then it's like, okay, I can't really do that anymore. Like we're in a global economy. And also, you know, you thought, you know, we're talking about balance. You can't just like pull billions of dollars of production out of a, out of a country. 
regardless whether they're buzzing Taiwan right now with their you know military uh, arsenal. But you know, at some point, you got to say this makes sense. This doesn't make sense economically and also f- from a value standpoint. Well, I think a lot of people are thinking that now because of the supply chain challenges, right? They're yeah. saying you know a container that used to cost us. Four thousand dollars to land is now costing sixteen to eighteen thousand dollars to land, yeah. right? So you're you're kind of having to play a chess game with how you get stuff out of ports in, in Asia now, and so I think a lot of people are looking at that. But again, for us, we're we're going to maintain the integrity of our core competency, which is, you know, our Series One dumbbell, over a million pairs made, no returns on it. You know, we we're, we care very much about our flagship product, and then the other product that we choose to make in China is because it doesn't matter if we made it there or here, it's essentially the same product. It's just that we're saving the consumer some money. I want to take a minute and tell our audience about two awesome workout recovery products I've been using for the last 18 months from HigherDose.com, leader in infrared technology for athletes like all of us are. We're an investor in the company. That's not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because it works. Got an infrared sauna blanket. I hop in there. I'll listen to some podcasts, burn 800 calories, get a mad detox and a PEMF, which is a pulsed electromagnetic field crystal mat that I lay on and I recalibrate my cells to the normalized level of the earth. If you got somebody you like and you're looking for a pretty awesome gift, they will love it. You could use this code HALO75, get $75 off and you will not be disappointed. HigherDose.com, promo code HALO75. And now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. So, you know, take a look at American Barbell. What's the, when you got involved as the CEO, what, what's the breadth of products? And then did you kind of do any kind of analysis to say, look, here's like our 80-20 rule or, you know, here's where I want to take the product expansion or... Some people like in an outbreak, they'll be like, hey, look, I sell burgers, I sell fries, I sell shakes and I drinks. And like I crush that and I'm just going to continue to crush this. We're going to continue to crush what we do well, which is barbells, dumbbells, bumper plates because we had, it's German urethane. We, we make UV. I mean, the, the bumpers are beautiful. We know. Keep in mind, we're OEM for a lot of the biggest brands in fitness. Okay. We do a lot of military work and that's how a lot of people kind of knew who we were. So when I came on board, it was more to pay homage to our founder, Phil, on what he had done over the industry. You know, he, he started with, gosh, you know, Life Fitness bought him and he, he was sort of high tech and the GP industries. But now this is a coming out party of the brand. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is and we brought on some really key players in the industry. We brought on Hillis Lake from Aleco. We brought yeah, sure. on Clay Whitaker from Precor. Had dinner with those guys last night. And Thanks what for we, the invite. What we did. Oh, sorry. I didn't so know I you were in town. Yeah, I was busy. I was busy. No, well, we yeah. just had margaritas and nachos uh, and stuff like that. I don't do like that this, anyway. So I didn't think you yeah, did. Yeah, I only drink uh, Chinese margaritas. And chamomile. And chamomile. Um, with a touch of chamomile. With a touch of chamomile. <laughs> I, I think... uh be my new nickname. Just call me Camo. Next time I see you, I'm going right. to... That's your stocking star for me right, to get you a little bit of chamomile. We, you know, I, I think the industry is... is what we're also trying to do is is move the industry forward on. We're introducing a training and education component, stuff I've been doing for a long time that we're now drawing under the mm-hmm. banner of American Barbell. That, it, In fact, I'll announce it here. Ready? You ready? Go ahead. You sitting down? Breaking news, Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> PD Mo, Camo, we are, Katona. We are launching 
Um, our own training education um, component with, with a twist that I'll explain is called Natural NTRL. And we already have accredited courses on coaching and leadership development, which I think is needed in our industry. But it's kind of a four quadrant approach of nutrition, training, recovery, and life. So we feel that the, the four quadrant approach to fitness is really important. If one of those things are out of balance, the other three, in other words, you could train really, really well, but if you eat like crap, you don't sleep and you have bad relationships, those other things are gonna suffer. So, so that's kind so of our big- So you're doing that underneath American Barbell? Yes, as of yesterday, it's now trademarked. Gotcha, okay, well, I love acronyms, so I love this one too. Um, you know, when you think about doing this with the N NTRL, you know, this is kind of like you and your education and you're constantly, you know, telling people, look, this is how, how you can run a better business. You kind of run your life better. How do you think about doing that under American Barbell? And, and, and how does that inter intersect? Or do you say, hey, look, if I get people smarter and I get people healthier, they're inevitably going to buy more products. It's both. Is it the long game? That's the long game. Yeah. Um, this is the legacy long game, both for Phil, myself, Got it. Hillis, Clay. We, we want to help the industry. Um, I'm a participant in Rex Roundtables. And, and I got to tell you, the, the guys that I'm with feel the same way. We, mm -hmm. the, last time I checked, there's still only 20% of the population that has a gym membership. That hasn't, the, the needle hasn't moved much, mm -hmm. even with virtual and technology and everything else. I, I think there's a totality approach to it. I think it's how you eat, you not working out, training, two different things, mm -hmm. recovery slash sleep. Yeah. And then life, how are you treating human beings? How do you, you know, your relationships, all those things affect what you do, right? And I think putting those things in, and we've been doing this for a while. Um, it's just now we've formalized it in with American Barbell because we have, before I was on the world gym side, it was great, fantastic people, great franchise mm -hmm. network, but I could only influence so many people. Sure, well, sure. now we've got both sides of it and a lot more people to reach, right? We're, we're doing some work for the military on the coaching and leadership side now to help actually nice. help them communicate how to get that content down to their coaches and the, and the people that are walking into their gyms. Well, right? as a separate side conversation, if we can do anything in 2022 with you on Halo Academy or have some kind of offshoot of this as, as you know, either an add-on as a separate course, you know, we're, we're the whole thing with Halo Academy, which sounds like the same thing with NTRL, is not just to... Um, not just to have like, okay, I got a two week, you know, do some networking and I've learned a couple of, you know, tidbits about, you know, the business models of some of my competitors, but it's really the smarter you are and the more curious you are, the better you're going to be in your, in, in your profession and in your life. And then everything kind of just takes off from there. Well, haven't you learned that by doing Halo? Yeah. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's was, been, was it's that been part awesome. Of, was that yeah. part of the inspiration for you when you kind of put that together? Was that a... Yeah. I mean, a couple of different things. One is I didn't like the word wellness. And I still don't, and even though there's this huge wellness movement, it's like the opposite of illness. And I'm going to talk to Dr. Cooper about this, but agree. You know, like the name, it's the wrong name. Agree. Right. So um, I did this because I, I want to change the narrative and I want to expand what we're doing here. So it shouldn't just be bricks and mortar and products because like there should be connected fitness people here. There should be largest apparel companies should be here, right? Supplements, food, better for you, you know oat milk, you know, all this. I mean, it's, everybody's living a halo lifestyle. So let's get everyone who wants to be a part of that, your L in the NTRL that supports that. And then we got a much bigger group of right. participants. I applaud you on that because I think it's needed. I think, I think more people need inspiration 
to make better choices, to become better people. Yeah. And, and it's like taking care of yourself, but not yourself, one word, yourself, right? And so that's part of our approach on the lifestyle side. And then, again, I think, you know, studies show that when people say working out, it has immediately a negative connotation. Cortisol levels go up. It's a proven study, right? So, right. so we talk about- Yeah, because work, right? Why do right. you put work in We talk about training because it's like more of that. a long-term approach. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we look at it on a weekly basis because life changes. So our programming reflects that, for example. And we, again, I'm not going to be shy about the fact, look, man, you got to train hard, move fast, lift heavy. Sorry. Otherwise, yeah. life's going to get you, right? Yeah, and, sure. and, and I think a lot of people live in this 20 or 25 year window of their life. And that's where they're, you know, vitally functional, have they have the energy, but what about the other back end 30, yeah, right? What yeah. happens when you're past 45 years old, then what? Um, and I, 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 surf, I still surf as often as possible. I can still squat with my butt down to the ground. Um, I don't have injuries. I feel yeah. really, really good. So I, I think, you know, I've kind of, all that experience that I've had training and coaching people in the industry, that's what I'm trying to bring with, with, with natural awesome. now. So, yeah. Well, great. Look forward to it. And thanks for uh, breaking it uh, on, on the podcast. We appreciate that. You know, because now we're going to get a lot more hits. Wanted to save it for a you, A lot man. more eyeballs, a lot more downloads, and we'll just benefit from it, you know, over a chamomile tea. No, hey, honestly, when you celebrate our wins together, buddy. When, when we met that day, I'm like, <laughs> and I was, I think we talked about it briefly, and I, and I, I had had this in the works for a while. And I thought, nah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to share it with Pete. Nice. And I just like kind of share it with everybody. But yeah, everybody's going to see a lot more of it. It'll be on the, it'll have its own side. It'll be on American Barbell. And again, it's, um, you know, we're going to charge really hard at it. Awesome. So shifting gears, coming in to a company, an established business, you obviously, you're going to run a business the way you want to run a company. You know, when you get into a company and take this as an example, like what are like the top three things you look at and what are the top three things you've changed, if at all, at, at American Barbell, obviously the NTRL is, you know, obviously one of the three. So I just, you have two left. People before profits. Um, I think building a stronger culture, which takes work. I don't think a lot of executives understand how much work that takes because you have to invest in the people. You have to listen a lot, ask them questions. What do they want? What are their dreams? What are their hopes? And try to make that happen for them, right? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things I did in the beginning was start to shift the culture a little bit internally, right? Because we're a hard charging company. We wear a lot of different hats. It's 24 seven. It's it's not nine to five, it's five to nine, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I love it. I still haven't woken up. It's like a hobby though, right? It's like, you know, honestly with the, really with the industry, I, like, I have a great secret. I, I feel like in the last 30 years I've been in, in the business, I still haven't woken up one day not wanting to go to work. Yeah, I still, I awesome. still, honestly, and that's, you know, spiritually I feel that way, but culture um, was probably the biggest shift. It's spending time with people. Uh, and then again, my, my pledge is people before profits and then usually profits follow, Yeah. right? And then, and then the last is blocking and tackling to make sure that everything's cleaned up the way it should be and having vision strategy. When I came into the company, we didn't have a mission statement. We didn't have any core company values. And I put a committee together. It took us four months to yeah. put together co core company values. And we talk about that. We have, uh, I hold a leadership meeting every Thursday at 9.30. We do not talk about business. It's my key people. And we talk about, give me one update on personal. One thing that happened with you in business this week that caught you something. What are your challenges? Like and we just share with each other. And that's probably done more for the productivity and profits of the company than almost anything else. Awesome. Um, so in closing here, give us a, a business quote that you love or something that you've uh, keep on your wall or anything that, uh, you know, it's kind of like your guiding light. So being a, a former baseball player and athlete my entire life, um, there was a great 
uh, a bow-legged coach from Cal Poly Pomona. And uh, my first year before I went to USC, I played baseball at Chapman College. And I had heard about John Scalinas for a long time, walk out in the field, taking ground balls, just these bow-legged guy and his hat was kind of on crooked and gray hair sticking out, probably a lot of, a lot of hair sticking out of his ears too. <laughs> and uh, he was talking to his players and, and they had been on a winning streak. And I, I overheard him yelling in the dugout. He said, if what you did yesterday still looks big today, you haven't done much today. And that's always resonated with me. So to, to, it doesn't matter how successful you are, stay humble every day, man. Yeah. Try, to, try to make a difference and then make truthful, truthful, appropriate, honest decisions and be authentic with people. The way you are at work or the way you and I are right now is yeah. how I am when I go home to kiss my wife and my kids, be, yeah. man. So, totally. so and, and it's the reason, and I'll do one more quick shout out to Eddie Talk because I think what yeah. he's done with Rex I've sensed that. Um, I agree. Shout been, out to Eddie. He's done great. It's just cool stuff. Yeah, it's totally. just such. And I think, you know, being here, everybody's reconnected. And again, I, I think, you know, for me now, it's it's hard charging to get the right people together in the industry to start to move the needle forward. And man, let's let's inspire some people. Let's forget yeah. about all the other stuff that we got to face with technology and supply chain. Let's, let's focus on getting people inspired. Yeah, I think we got to think big and we need more people in the room that think like you do. And, and it's going to happen. So. Great to have you on, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in California. I'll see you soon. All right, buddy. Cool. Awesome.